Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to the S&T Show. My name's Julian Ho, and I have my guest here, Dustin Pym, recording episode number two, live on location at Sweat and Tonic, Tonic House. Welcome, Dustin. Thanks, Julian. Nice to be on the show. I mean, I'm a co-host, but it's cool to be on the show. The co-host slash guest is something I wanted to really draw a strict line on. Today you are in the passenger seat. You're going to enjoy yourself as a guest, so welcome to our home away from home in this framery phone booth where it's nice and cozy. We have the microphone set in a different location now. We're doing a trial test because, hey, life's all about experimenting. So. In this session, we're going to focus on Dustin Pym, influencer of life, dancer, choreographer, teacher, father, student, friend, coworker, founding trainer here at Sweat and Tonic. That makes me sound really awesome. It sounds awesome. Yeah, I was going to say epic as well. Oh, I like that word. So let's... Let's get right into it if you're okay with it. I love getting into it. Dustin, could you tell us what kind of food you are? Like if I was a food? Yes, if you were a food. Continuing from last podcast, Dustin had interviewed me and he had asked me what kind of food I was and I had said onion and I kind of convinced him that he could also be an onion too. But he had alluded to another thing and I wanted him to expand on that ingredient so what i'm gonna be is is maybe not necessarily um like a food but i think i would be like spicy oh and what i mean by that is uh some people love spicy right some people love spicy food they love it and they like they have to have it all the time and they really really enjoy it but i think sometimes what happens with spicy sometimes people like you know they can't handle a lot of it right so i find that in my life there's kind of two people there's the people who like love Dustin and then there's people like no, I'm not a huge fan of the Dustin do you know what I mean um, and I think that's like spicy so like if we're talking like chili peppers if we're talking like something like that right but now if we were talking just like a straight up dish like I think without a doubt I'd probably just be spaghetti with meatballs because it's like it's good it's good for you uh, it's super tasty it's got like your proteins your carbs it's, it's well-rounded it's got all the things in there but not everybody loves spaghetti and meatballs. I think a lot of people love spaghetti and meatballs, but then there's a bunch of people like, nah, it's too boring. I need something a bit more exciting. I I'll be honest, I haven't put a lot of thought into this, Julian. Well, you, spaghetti and meatballs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I'm gluten-free. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> but exactly, right? right. Like some people are gluten-free, some people can't. I'm plant-based. Yeah, some people don't eat meat. And like, I mean, I, know, I don't eat meat either, but still, like, you can have meatballs that are not meat. You know, Of course, you can have plant alternatives. Plant balls. Can you, can, can you plant balls? Is that a thing? Plant balls? 100%. It just sounds worse. We've, got, just, we've got nut bar balls downstairs. Nut balls. Yeah, have you had the nut balls, by the way? They're really, really Super good. Super tasty. They're, they, I love the way that they feel in my mouth. <laughs> they just have this, I don't know, again, je ne sais quoi, I'm going in French again. But there's a, there's a nice, light saltiness to them, but they're sweet and textured. I wish balls. I wish listeners could see your face when you talk about balls in your mouth because yeah. it, it really it really heightens the experience of you talking about it. They're f they're phenomenal. Yeah, um, you had said salt 
last time. Yeah, what, it, what happened it, with that answer? You know what? I, I was going with salt, and here's the thing with salt. I was thinking like, cause salt is one of those things that enhances everything, right? Like it's a flavor. That's what you do, bro. Yeah, and and I I, I would say that I do that, but I I think that like it's just it wasn't punchy enough, right? Like that's why I was I wanted to go like chili pepper because it's again to me a flavor enhancer. You put it in anything, you know. I know some chefs that use that in every single dish that they do mm -hmm. because it just punches it up a little bit and gives it a little extra. It gives it a little bit more. While salt was like a little bit more like, I mean, you could take something quite bland and add a little bit of flavor to it, but I wanted to, and I think that I do more than that. Mm. I think that I'm more than just a little bit of flavor. I think I'm a high flavor person. You punch. Yeah. Your impact. Yeah, I always say that like, you know, my energy is what kind of leads the way. And when people first meet me, my energy is a lot, right? And I think some people are like, what is this? Like, I don't know how to deal with this, but that's why I wanted to go something more than salt. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I can't remember the Netflix series uh, i think it's called salt spice fat and sugar um anyways it talks about all these flavor enhancements that um are explored around the world and how dishes are based upon those things because our palates are so in need of this heightened sense of of, of taste mm. and you describing that as part of who you are as an essence of who you are it's very interesting. So let's unpack that. Let's talk about maybe your charisma, your charm. What what would you say allows you to be that for others? How do you come off charming? How do you come off charismatic? Is it a skill that you practice? That's really interesting. And, and I want to tell a story because I think it will shed some light on this. My mom was a skills development coach. And what she did was like work with people to help them get jobs and worked with a variety of different people. But for a long time, she was working with uh, incarcerated individuals and trying to get them reintegrated back into the work system. So my mom always had this thing like about like knowing who you are, knowing who you are at your core. So I remember being very young, sitting at the dinner table, eating spaghetti, probably with meatballs. <laughs> and my mom sitting there going, Dustin, who are you? And I'd be like, oh, mom, like, I don't want to know this. Dad. You know, like I'm 10. I don't want to talk about this. But her asking me that all the time, it builds this, this center that's really grounded and really, um, like I, I, I'm very self-actualized. I don't know if that's the right word, but like I just, I just know that at my center, my value system and who I am and my self-esteem is, is very true. And I think then what comes out when I'm being myself interacting with people, that charisma comes out because it's authentic. And I'm very confident. So. I could just be me because I've known who I was from such a young age, if that makes sense. And both my parents were very loud, boisterous, you know, party type people. And I definitely have a lot of that in me. Um, but I think that that can come across as disingenuous a lot of the time. And I think for me, because um, it, it really is something that's like core to who I am, it comes across as very authentic. And so my charisma comes out and it's, it's just, an energetic guy but it's from an honest place where some people are very energetic and they're like yo I'm the man mm -hmm. and you're like ah that seems very phony well I think for me because it's just who I am and like mm -hmm. it's part of how I define myself so I don't, does you, that yeah you so you definitely picked up on that from a young age mimicking that from your parents yeah which is definitely how a lot of us exude our personalities we learn by mimicking others and if it's conditioned and a behavior that you see day in day out of course there's no doubt 
you're going to practice that in your current life yeah. and then share that with other people. And I like the word that you use, practice. Like, for a while it was just like, I'm going to be mean no matter what anybody says. And that's maybe not the way to do it either. And it's taken me a number of years to kind of practice that you can't always be a bull in a china shop. You mm -hmm. have to know when you're going to be big energy and you got to know when you can pull it back. So I think now I've gotten a lot more better at the nuance of all of that, but with practice, because like anything you practice, you'll get better at it. And communication and dealing with people is one of those things that you practice. And before I just used to be like, ah, like energy all the time and like crazy. And now I'm like, wait, I, there's a time and a place for that. How did you come to f feedbacking that finesse? Because not everyone is able to internalize that boisterousness and that overly extroversion and then pull it in and do it in a way that's elegant tasteful the way that you do it you know what it's interesting like i think it's just been because i've had amazing people around me in my life um that knew that i can respond to feedback and i'm very open to feedback i think that getting feedback is really really important i think that especially when it's coming from people that love you they're trying to make you a better person for example, my wife, you know, I used to do lots of things and she was like, this is a behavior that is ridiculous. And all behaviors are modifiable. You can change anything that you do technically, um, but you have to be willing to change. And some of those things I wanted to change because I wanted to make my relationship stronger. I wanted to make my career better. I wanted to make um, whatever it was be better. So listening to that feedback and taking it in and then going, I made a mistake here. I think mistakes are really important. I, I think that we need to embrace failure more often. I think we need to embrace the mistake more often. Or what I often will say in a dance class, embrace the suck. Because mm. once you know that you suck, then you can get better, right? It's like, you have to realize you're a blank slate and a blank slate kind of sucks, but then you etch away at it and you carve it into something and that's when it becomes something awesome. Mm -hmm. But you have to realize that it's moldable, like you're not this fixed thing. I love that growth fixed mindset idea, you know, that we can always be growing. Yeah, skills and abilities are not always innate. They're practiced and honed over time. And one takeaway from what you had just said is the best of us are able to take feedback yeah. and really internalize it and put it out there without a reaction, a rebuttal, a refute. I think a lot of us are quick to react to when someone tells you something about your personality that you hold so dear this is my identity someone's telling me that i'm not funny yeah, but i am funny i thought i was funny well, i'm gonna show them i mean i laugh at my jokes that makes me funny yeah I, actually i used to be very defensive because i always used to think that if if people were saying things that like they were like actually coming after my character but it wasn't my character it was the behavior and those are two different things, right? Being able to separate action from who you are is, is something that took time, but I think that we all can do that with practice. Mm -hmm. To finish the questions about charisma, I follow a YouTube channel called Charisma On Command, and I find it really, really helpful. Do you just follow it because it's alliteration? Because I know you huge, love alliteration. That's a huge reason why. But there's one YouTube video on George Clooney and how he is able to show off his charm with effortlessness. And I find that you have this George Clooney-esque 
when I go and I'm beaming right now. Thanks. See you uh, approach a crowd, an audience. There are certain few things that he does that I see you do as well, and I think everyone listening could take from some of these things. One being setting the tone. You set the tone by making everyone comfortable in the room. And that's what George Clooney does when he is interviewed. What he does, he sets the tone, he acknowledges the people around the room. That's one thing. But secondly, he makes himself comfortable. So when he's comfortable, everyone else is comfortable. And that's a big part of how we interact on a group level. That's interesting. I've never really thought about that, but 100% that's what I do. Like when I go into a space, the first thing I do is I'm like, am I comfortable? And I find a way to get myself sorted out because then I can find my center. And then from there, I can connect, right? But to me, it's gotta be, find that, that safe spot. But for me, that, that safe spot is very broad. It's not like, for some people, it's like a fine needle point. But for me, it's a very broad space. Like I could be in a lot of different environments and find that safe place. Um, but then it's like, how can I connect with each person really quickly just to let them know that we're all here on the same page and we're all sharing whatever this is, whether it's a fitness class or a, a podcast or, you know, drinks around the table, whatever mm-hmm. it is, right? So That's a really important skill that I think all listeners should pick up. Uh, if you meet Dustin, you'll definitely feel that. But we all have fears of public speaking and how we engage with a group and that's just one quality that I noticed out of Dustin that he does effortlessly and if you can take that to your workspace or your family or when you throw a party when you make someone comfortable and you also get yourself comfortable it changes the tone it sets the tone to whatever it is you want to put forward it reminds me of another story. Apparently, I used to, when I was like little, like three, four, five years old, I used to stand out on the porch of my house with a belt around my neck and the buckle would be attached. And I would like give thank you speeches <laughs> to nobody, just out like out onto the street. My mom came up one day and she's like, What are you doing? And one day I was the Pope. And then another, and I'm not like a very religious person, but, and then another day I, she comes out and I'd won an Olympic medal and I just used to put myself in these situations where I was like in front of lots of people in my mind. So I think that, you know, I was always practicing that. So then when I finally got out there to be in front of people in a fitness class or on stage or in a dance situation or whatever it is, it was like, it just came very naturally, right? Mm -hmm. Well, moving into the next question and you had mentioned your parents, who inspires you? and who right now who inspires you and how can we draw from that inspiration into action right wow who inspires me right now you talked about your mom and dad yeah you know my mom and dad it's interesting they're very different figures in my life but my mom was very inspiring because she was just such a strong uh, like headstrong woman and I have this tremendous respect for women and this like um, this belief that they're capable of much more than I think a lot of them think they are because of her. Because she was a single mom who made good money, who was in a position of power, but also like was so well respected in our community and was just one of those people that was a light for everybody that ever met her. My dad was a little different because he was just like the easygoing, fun guy. And you know, we had a great relationship and he helped mold me who I am. But inspiring, I don't know if he inspired me like my, my mom may have. Now, I don't want to sound cheesy here, but since starting at Sweat and Tonic, I found a ton of people that find that, that are inspiring me. Like, 
Yes, my co-host, Julian. Oh, sorry, you're not my co-host today. The interviewer of this, Julian, like, I find you're super inspiring because you're always digging for something more and, like, how can we make action? How can we make change? You know, there's, there's people here like David Ingram, who I've known for six years, the founder of Sweat and Tonic. The guy's super inspiring. The way he can be so calm when he's got millions of dollars in something, but he's just chill. Like, he's, like, literally, like, um... Like a Hindu cow, I think is what uh, Brad Pitt says in Fight Club. But like he's just so calm. Very down to earth. Yeah. And then like Nate Bauer. Here's a guy who's like a boxing guy who's been doing his own thing for a number of years and comes here and is so unselfish with his ideas and with the way he's been putting things out there. And I think it's just really inspiring to see that, you know, and, and just our team here is really coming together and like just it's very inspiring. Like it makes me want to be better. It makes me want to make more thoughtful content it makes me want to be a better instructor it makes me want to you know it also makes me very competitive as well which i find inspiring when i'm feeling pushed i like that competition i find that inspires mm -hmm. me to dig deeper for another level so belonging to a group a cohort of people that are all on the same page looking to better themselves yeah. is inspiring yeah like that like your whole 2.0 mm -hmm. like I, if had i known about that before prior to meeting you but six months ago or whatever it was now you know like i would have been all about that mm -hmm. sitting there soaking up just the entire room of that mm -hmm. I would have loved that mm -hmm. well when it comes to inspiration can you give us the lowdown on habits and behaviors that inspirational people exude for example thoughts on work ethic vision perseverance <sighs> Man, see that's a Julian Ho type question like that is like <laughs> you know like you're just such like a you want to get right into that like real gritty stuff with those words tell us about work ethic and how you've come to here just like you had asked me what is what's driven you to keep going keep going keep going keep pushing you know what I this is gonna sound I, I feel like when it comes out of my mouth it sounds lame but I guess this may be cool but I've always been about the people I'm about the people. I want to change. Like I want to, I want to make a difference in, in people's lives every I day. I have a dream. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that sounds so corny, but like I want to do that. Like every day. Like, you know, we talked about um, legacy uh, with you last week, and m my legacy. I just want it to be like people go, man. Dustin made a difference. Dustin made me happier. He made my life better. He made me move better. He made me smile more. He made me tap into like a better side of myself. You know, like that's that's what I want it to be. So I think that's one of the major drivers. I think the other thing too is like, I just want people to realize that like, yes, work is important and yes, work is this thing, but we can make it fun and we can make it cool and yes. we can make it, do you know what I mean? Like there's like, it doesn't always have to be so serious all the time, you know? Like, Tell me I, about it. You know, dude, you're so serious, but not, <laughs> you know? And then you're smiling and you say ridiculous things, you know? But, um, but like I, I think it could be fun. Like I think I think some people take it way too seriously all the time. And like, you want to make lots of money, make lots of money, but have fun doing it. You mm -hmm. know, you wanna you wanna train, you wanna train hard, train hard, but have fun while you're doing it. You wanna inspire millions of people, inspire millions of people, but have fun doing it. Mm -hmm. You know, like um, when you say have fun as a part of the main objective, how what are some practical ways of making it fun? One thing that we had said when it comes to public speaking is in order to have some fun, you got to get comfortable, you got to interact with people. That's a quick and easy takeaway. What's something that we can do to have fun? Well, sorry, when we achieve our goals, how can you make that fun? 
you know what I, I think just appreciating the moment is a way to have fun right like hey I got that's here that's a deep thing that's but do you know what I mean like I got here yo this is cool like taking a moment and going thinking about it smiling about it and then I think the next thing is sharing that experience with others I think could be really fun right and like I think that we've all gotten to where we've got and if you share that that could be a really fun way to you know bring people into your journey that's I think that's why we have this podcast mm-hmm. which, it's fun we're yeah. bringing people into our journey and we're going to bring other people's journeys here and that's fun to learn about stuff like that right but also like another way to me like to have fun with that is like you know I, like i said I, I think mistakes are part of the process and embracing those mistakes and laughing at those mistakes because nothing's going to be perfect ever right like never like never you know we're sitting in a box right now two guys practically in each other's laps grown men sweating because it's warm in here and some people like that's a terrible experience like but no that's what makes it fun because it's ridiculous you know like this is hilarious that we're doing this you know totally is and one of the things i think that helps take the fun into the serious um is the ability to self-deprecate yeah to kind of make fun of yourself And to not take things so seriously and laugh at yourself and joke around and be vulnerable. Totally. Vulnerability is huge. Can you go more on that? You know what? Honestly. I'm sure you and your wife are vulnerable to the nth degree. I mean, I'm not going to talk about my wife's vulnerability on air, but I will say this. <laughs> that, Good man. That I think that uh, it's, it's hard to be vulnerable. Mm. I think that it's tough to be that. But I think... But I'm, I'm a big person of that idea, like, if you want to feel things, then you're going to feel great things and you're going to feel not so great things. But it's that roller coaster. Mm-hmm. It's almost like high-intensity level training for your emotional intelligence, mm-hmm. right? Like, you're going to feel really high and you're going to push really high, but that's, that's unsustainable for a long period of time. You're going to come down and then you're going to feel okay. And then sometimes you're going to feel not okay, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. And that willingness to be on that pendulum I'm moving my hand up and down a lot right now but you know at the top it's, it's very talker. happy yeah and like down at the bottom it's very low but but that's an amazing journey and i think being able to ride those waves i mean it it builds grit it builds uh character it builds charisma mm-hmm. but also it uh it allows you to have fun mm. it you know because if you always sit in one spot like if i'm always a five out of ten I mean, am I allowing myself to feel real joy? Am I allowing myself to feel real sadness? But if I can be at a nine out of 10 one moment and be at a one out of 10 the next moment, that's gonna build who I am as a person. Mm-hmm. And to be from that, then it, you know, you look at those lows as growing opportunities, you look at those in a humorous light, then you're always gonna bounce back. You're always gonna trampoline off that bottom into something great. And then that, that experience becomes fun for some people. Right. Well, I hear, I love that you use the word emotional intelligence. Definitely want to unpack that. All right, we are back. We're back. We are back uh, from a pee break and poo break together, but not together, because that would be pretty interesting. That's not that kind of podcast. (laughs) Well, at least not live on air. It's not that kind of podcast. And we are leaving off from emotional intelligence but i wanted to get to unpacking emotional literacy just like we talk about physical literacy yes teaching people the technical the skills the kinesiology 
the base foundational elements to movement. Can you tell us about how you can transfer physical literacy into maybe emotional literacy? That is, man, like, honestly, we should just have a show called Julian's Questions. And we just have people come in and try to figure out what you're even trying to ask them because that is a... That's a massive okay. bomb. Well, physical literacy, let's just define that. I know really you can quickly. handle this, man. Right? Physical literacy to me is the ability to do skills and movement and a variety of different things in a variety of different environments. So if we transfer that same idea over to like emotional literacy, then it's the ability to uh, express and understand emotion in a variety of different environments. Beautiful. So when we're talking about emotional literacy, I think one of the biggest things that you got to do, just like with physical, is you got to try it. I think you got to get back to allowing yourself to feel. You got to feel sad. You got to feel happy. You got to feel angry. You got to feel love. You got to feel despair. You got to feel those things. The spectrum. Exactly. And once you've experienced those things, not only can you understand them and express them differently going forward, but then you can also understand them out of other people. Let's do the flip. Beautiful. Just like with physical. You know, like if I've never, you know, been in a pool swimming, then how am I ever going to talk to anybody about what swimming is mm-hmm. or translate my movement background into something in the swimming if I've never experienced it in a little bit? Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, I get there's a way that you can probably do that without actually doing it, but I think actually doing it provides just a whole other level of uh, empathy and, and just understanding. Like, for example, you, you could be like, hey, I felt this thing and, you know, it hurt me. And I could be like, you know, I've never felt that exact same thing. And if you describe it to me, I could probably understand it to a degree because I've probably felt maybe other things that would allow me to connect with that. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's it. That's yeah, it right there. I love it. We talked about spices, salt, fat, those things that enhance life. Yo, but fat think, is the bomb. Yeah, fat bombs. Eat fat. But another spice on top of that, to really take it to a next level, is variety. Variety is the spice of life. And that's what you were talking about. That the variety of, of emotions and physicality really allows us to understand the spectrum and range of who we are as hum- holistic human beings. So to go further into that, can you provide us some difficult points that you've experienced when speaking to people from different worlds of your, let's say, career. So for example, you teach out of U of T, you teach dance, you teach movement, strength, dumbbell, here at Sweat and Tonic. How do you bridge the gap between those people who are like, oh, I'm a dancer and I'll never do hit, or I'm a hit person and I'll never dance. How do you, because you cross those worlds seamlessly how do you help transfer that variety skill set? You are a diverse human being to those other people that may be either afraid or judgmental. Oh, I'm not that. I don't never know. I would never go to this place because I'm not that person. How do you break those boundaries? You know, it's, it's a really interesting question because one of the things I say a lot is like when we were kids, we used to do these things. And, and I ultimately believe at our core, all of us as human beings, we, we have this desire to move, we have this desire to play, and this desire to like experiment. 
you know, I have two kids. My, my son is two and my daughter is four. And I see them every day, you know, do things. And they're like, oh, this is maybe not something I would, you know, want them to do. But they're doing it anyway. Like, my son's jumping off the couch head first, you know. Um, my daughter's running Look around. Look at me, dad. Yeah, yeah exactly. Daddy, dado, dado. And he jumps, he smashes his face. You know, my daughter runs and she runs pretty much like a small drunk person all the time. <laughs> but... But the thing is, like, she's just exploring the world through play, and she's exploring the world through that. And I think when I meet people who are, like, really kind of close to that, I want to try to connect into that that child within them a little bit more. Like, hey, you know what? Let's let's try this. Mm. You know, when we're kids, we move really, really well. Uh, when we're adults, we don't. Let's get back to that. Let's play. Mm. Let's let's explore the world through play. Let's, you know, you're not used to this. This is unfamiliar to you. Treat it like play. Treat it like something that is like, it can be fun. It can be explorative. And maybe there's something in there that's gonna make you amazing. Um, I think that's really hard to do that. And I think some people don't wanna take, hear that word play and they don't wanna hear anything about their youth because they have a bad experience with mm -hmm. it. But ultimately to me, it's like, you just gotta try. And that's what it is as a kid, you gotta try. There's a song on Sesame Street. It's like, you know, uh, it's called The Power of Yet. You know, I'm not good at this yet. If we maintain that idea that we have as kids, as we're as we're adults, it's like, I've, I'm you know I could say I'm not good at squatting or I'm not good at uh, understanding other people's feelings. No, 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 you're not good at it yet. Beautiful. You just have to, you got to play with it a little bit. You got to try it. You got to get your feet dirty. You got to get your hands in the muck a little bit. But that's fun, mm -hmm. and that's part of the fun of it, right? Like allowing yourself to explore is part of the fun. Mm -hmm. and being open to the feedback. The other thing I really try to do is I try to connect everything to reality. You know, I want to pull it back to, okay, so we're doing this because, you know, uh, you have a hard time maintaining a long-term relationship or, you know, this is not working because, um, you know, you've got an injury or whatever. Let's connect it to reality and why it matters to you, right? Mm -hmm. Well, the quote we don't, I think it's about growing old and stopping playing. Do you know that quote off the top of your head? I, I don't know it exactly. It's like we, we stop, we don't stop, we don't grow old because we stop playing. We, or we stop playing because we grow old. No, so something isn't it something like, like we, we stop, we stop growing when we stop playing and if you're not growing, you're getting old? No, I don't know. I'm just, I just, we're I just butchering like I just this. made that up. But I, like, I want to make a t-shirt. But I think our that. listeners know exactly what we're talking about. So just keep playing. That's yeah, the idea. keep playing. You know, like, especially as a dancer, you know, they always talk about, you know, the lowest rates of Alzheimer's and the lowest rates of, like, mental illness are people that move their whole life. And dancers in particular are people that, that have incredible like their mind is still powerful when they're older mm -hmm. it's because they're always and to me that's what dance really is it's just play right. put on some music and play with it you know yeah. interpret it how you want you know right I think it's being okay and going back to that lesson is acceptance yeah another thing that I think when we talked about uh, inspiration surrounding ourselves around inspiring people another thing is surrounding ourselves around playful people yeah and with you being a dad your kids are playing 24 7 they're playing 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 and so you get that by osmosis you become that child again which is a beautiful unbelievable um, gift and I think that's something that um, as a single guy I love that I, I kind of envy that sometimes I feel like it's such a special thing to be surrounded by kids 
you know, kids, kids are like, you know, they're pretty and crazy, amazing things. But I would just say like, even before I had kids, my wife and I, that was what we did. You know, mm -hmm. like if my wife came home, I'd be like, buddy, and I'd run around the corner and like do stupid dances. My wife still does stupid dances now. I, sh I probably shouldn't say that on air, but like those stupid dances are one of the funnest, most playful things that we do. But like, just look around here. Like, I think sometimes when some of us get together, it's very playful. Yes. You know, like there's jokes, there's, there's, you know, you're chirping each other and that's mm -hmm. play, right? Like, I think that's all good stuff that you should be able to embrace. Mm -hmm. It's part of the culture here that we're building. Um, and that starts with what I would say is a beginner's mindset, a Buddhist principle. Oh yeah, that's an interesting way to put it. Yeah. Beginner's mindset, child's mind. It's a very deep philosophy that we start to lose when we get so focused and hyper-focused on our careers and our goals and objectives. We don't stop. We don't listen. We aren't patient because we are so in motion in mm -hmm. one direction. Mm -hmm. But if we can take the moments to pause, breathe, um, and then therefore think about the activity. Let's say you're afraid to go swimming and you're um, a CrossFitter. Actually, that doesn't really make sense because CrossFitters now swim. But let's say a hit person being afraid of dancing. Go approach dance with a beginner's child's mind. Just go at it. It takes courage. Mm -hmm. But if we can approach it with that kind of mindset, everything is a win-win. I agree. Everything's a win-win. Let's start to close this out with a couple of final questions. Something that I think we can expand upon the food question. If you were a drink, what kind of drink would like you Like a be? beverage. Yes. Now that's funny because immediately I think of what I like to drink. You know, I it, love water. And if it's not water, it's probably going to be a lager or a bourbon. Be like water, my but um, if I was a drink, oh my gosh, what would I be as a beverage? That's crazy. I've never thought about that. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm, oh, geez, I want to. Have you stumped? Yeah, a little bit, but I, I, I don't want to say this because, because I think it's, I think it's something we shouldn't consume very often. So I don't want to say it, but I, like, I, I feel like I would be like a soda beverage. <laughs> like, I feel like I might be that, right? Because it's bubbly. Yes. It, it, it puts a smile on your face it mixes well with other things mm -hmm. um you know it's always fun because you know like there's usually fun associated with like if you have a can of cola for example there's usually some fun around that um yeah, yeah but i, I like mean that. i mean now i'm thinking all the, of the other stuff too it's like but yeah you don't want to drink too much of that that's a bad thing right so but that's know. what you said you are like we take dust in doses yeah yeah that's pretty interesting i guess maybe that's maybe that's it maybe i'm, I'm a can of cola yeah. root beer perhaps Oh, I love root beer. Yeah, that sounds crazy. Dr. Pepper. Dr. Oh. Pimmer. That's what I'd be, Dr. Oh, Pimmer. Oh, snap! <laughs> um, last question. Um, because you're such an authentic, cool cat, you, it seems like you are, the essence that you are runs through the borders of your personalities uh, and your roles in life. So, for example, your dad, like I said before, you're a teacher, you're a coworker, you have all these roles that you play. And I think everyone else has their own roles. Now you have the ability to hold yourself authentic. There's a Dustin Pym essence that runs through all of these things. Could you help either describe that and how other people can anchor to that in their own lives? I think one of the things you gotta do is you gotta start with the mirror. You gotta be able to look in the mirror and go, 
that person's awesome and that person's worth it and I love that person. I think that's the first step. Because then once you do that, then you can feel all the feels. You can feel the lows and you can feel the highs because at the center of that, there's an awesome person. And you know that that person is good and they're going to be good. I think the second thing is then figure out how you can play and you know allow yourself to touch many different things. Even if you don't like something, if you give yourself a chance to just taste it explore it play it play with it for a little bit then you know you know then you know that hey that's not me but I understand why somebody could dig that Mm -hmm. and I think that's really really important so I mean if I could sum it up it's that love thyself Mm -hmm. then go out there and and try things and and be humbled and know that it's okay and feel well thank you Dustin it's been a pleasure interviewing Mr. Dustin Pym on this podcast, The SMT Show, where we go behind the curtains of our favorite fitness and wellness providers, or just favorite humans. Yeah, entrepreneurs. In this world. Just good people. We talk about the personal elements that help us develop our professional crafts. So thank you once again for listening. This is episode two, Julian Ho, your co-host. Thanks for the interview, Julian, that was awesome. We're gonna move into episode three, where we will interview Somebody new. Somebody different. Thanks for listening, ladies and gentlemen. Really appreciate it. Good night.